Hello and welcome to Thank You Come Again. This is an e-commerce podcast sponsored by Wonderment, where we dive into the actual strategies that leading D2C brands are using to not only make their customers come back and buy again, but have the best possible customer experiences. I'm Blake and Burl. I started my career as a retention marketer, and now I'm focused on being a shepherd of knowledge for you and others on all things retention marketing. You won't find any top 10 guru guides here. Instead, I want you to walk away from each episode with battle-tested and actionable insights that's going to help you to move a needle forward and driving repeat business. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Today, I have the privilege of being joined by Jess Servion, the head of customer experience over at Feastables. Jess, big thanks for joining the show today. How are you? Good. Good. I'm bumping. <laughs> Love it. I'm bumping. That's a great response. Uh, well, <laughs> folks, in today's episode with Jess, we're going to be learning about how Feastables is using the transactional channel as a customer experience and retention tool. But Jess, before we get into that, could you just share with our audience who is Feastables and what does your role look like over there? Yeah, so Feastables is a Mr. Beast better for you snack brand. Um, we're here to change the way you snack and to make your snacking feel gamified and change that experience overall. I mean, it's very, you know, about like the experience that you have with the brand. It's not just like what you're eating. It's, um, it's the interactions. It's the brand loyalty. Absolutely. Uh, it's so, so important, I think, to have that connection to the brand. I, I think you guys are just doing a fantastic job of that. So I, I'm curious, too, if you could just share with our audience, like, what is a, a day in the life of a CX leader at a company like Peaceables look like? Like, what does what your day compile? Yeah. So, I mean, like, when you walk into, like, any company, right, and you look at, like, customer experience, you can think, like, oh, okay, like, obviously, there's a level of, like, support operations. So, it's, like, of course, like, we're dealing with, like, you know, email tickets and chat tickets and SMS tickets, and we're having conversations with our users and, like, helping them for, like, order support or, you know, converting them into purchasers. But on the other avenue of it is in our customer experience department, we're also like building on that experience for the customer and in more of a digital way. So, you know, like as head of customer experience for Feastables, like I, I touch the support operations, but I'm also touching the SMS journey. I'm also touching the user experience and our like recent game that we launched. I'm, you know, I'm touching every customer message that goes out across all channels and to ensure that like every touch point that we have with our customer throughout their purchase journey and their interaction with our brand is the best interaction as possible. And it's fun. We're delivering the right message. We're, you know, building that loyalty, keeping them as a customer and acquiring them. Yeah, so, so much. I think you said there is like, it really shines a light on how important customer experience is. And like, you really are like the unsung hero. I think in a lot of ways, you touch everything on the brand. And there's just when I remember my days on the brand side, like I was best friends with, you know, the person that was ahead of our customer experience, because they really knew everything about the business. And they knew the customer better than anybody really in the company, I think. And um, I got to say, Feastables is one of my favorite brands to plug whenever anyone's asking me, like, who's a merchant who is exemplifying like best practices around both customer communication, but also just CX in general. Uh, and I know that you've been gracious enough to allow us today to really take a look at some of those communications on the transactional side, which we're going to pull up in just a few minutes here. But I wanted to understand just a little bit more of how you see customer experience at Feastables in general. Um, yeah. you know, being a relatively new but fast growing brand, 
Talk to me about some of the challenges that you've faced this year as a customer experience leader, you know, with such a fast growing brand. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a common misconception that every, everybody thinks like, okay, like we're attached to like Mr. Beast. So then it's like, you're going to get like all of these customers. Right. But it's my job and our job as our company overall, like every person that works at our company to retain those customers. We might get like this massive rush of customers and like during like these activations, but it's our job to actually retain them, to keep them entertained, to make sure that they're like loyal to our brand and like to educate them on like why it is that you're purchasing our snacks. And I mean, there's many challenges, of course, like I can talk to you about like supply chain issues or this or that, or maybe when we have blown up some of our partners by accident, (laughs) But I think like the biggest challenge that um, since launching that I have consistently seen is, is retaining that mad rush of customers and making sure that they have the best experience across every single one of our touch points. And we are communicating to them whenever there is, you know, maybe it's a delay in shipping or like a uh, product was oversold, whatever it is, but like being one. I wouldn't even say one step, I would say a thousand steps in front of them to ensure that their journey throughout all everything that they touch with us is, is communicated. It's, you know, a clear message and um, we're just, we're, we're keeping building their trust and keeping their trust. Like that's, that's the biggest thing for me um, as like head of CX is like, I want to bring in these customers. I want to retain you, but I also really want to build that trust and loyalty with you. What do you think are some of the things then that really help to retain, you know, that someone comes onto the, to the, to the Feastables website, they make that first purchase. What are some of the things that you're thinking about that are going to keep them like that, that second, third, I mean, really becoming that loyal kind of customer? Like what are those behaviors? Yeah. So one of the biggest behaviors of our customers is they love to chit chat with us. I swear to you, like when we don't have an activation happening and we have tickets coming into the support side of the house or even the social side of the house, I mean, of course, social is social, but people literally are just like, I love your brand. I love your snacks. Your chocolate's great. I love this. I love Mr. Beast. Like they really just want to interact. They want, they want it like, something they don't look at us as just like oh this brand that like produced this product they want to touch it they want to feel they want to feel a part of it so I kind of take that and like all right if we don't have this huge activation going on or there's not like you know a giveaway or game happening what is it can I do to keep these customers entertained to want to keep purchasing right so yes it's a you know an avenue of like communicating things throughout their post-purchase journey, but it's also building automations and tools that they can interact with at every different, every channel that they have. So I talk about this a lot and and I'm sure people are going to be so overhearing about our bots, but the bots are like one of the biggest things that have given us um, the ability to serve our customers on like a post-purchase aspect of like order support and product info, info, but also there's avenues in it where we're sharing jokes, we're sharing random facts, we're giving them like a piece of that pie and like building that brand experience through a, through a few automations. And, um, you know, and, and even outside of the bots, it's like everything that we touch, any SMS that we're going, that we're going to send out, any email that we're going to send out, any sort of interaction, we want to make sure that it's like fun, it's entertaining, it's like not boring. And it's really exemplifies like who Feastables is and like why you want to purchase our product. I mean, I know it's nothing to do with like, these are our ingredients and you should do this. It's literally entertainment. I work in an entertainment industry at this point. <laughs> 
I think that's a, an amazing point to bring up is it really personifies the brand in some ways, brings some human qualities to it. And like people shop also to have an experience and to feel like there's a deeper connection. Like, of course, you know, they love a great product, but like some of those touch points, um, there's this kind of, you know, everyone talks about surprise and delight, but having those mm -hmm. moments of like an automation or, you know, just in certain touch points when they reach out and there's like those jokes that are, you know, being interjected and it feels like just a deeper connection to the brand. I think those are great themes that I'm kind of pulling out as I'm hearing you talk about this of like really what makes CX go from good to great in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an extra dash of pizzazz, <laughs> little personality pizzazz, you know? <laughs> well, speaking of putting some pizzazz on CX, I'd love to transition to, um, you know, how you're kind of tackling some things around shipping and logistics and kind of talk about that, how that is intertwined with CX in a lot of ways. I know a big theme that as we head into Q4 ship again and potentially maybe here with some things. Um, talk, talk to me about how you really like, deal with um, shipping and logistics as a CX leader and some of those challenges that you might be facing there too. Yeah. So it kind of goes back to like what I was saying is about like being a thousand steps in front of your customer and, you know, really just trying to answer the questions before they become problems. So, you know, I like I make sure that cross-functionally our team is working with supply chain every day. Um, we really, you know, internally we're creating like a communication process that if like something comes up that affects customer experience and like, I don't mean, you know, the people who just purchased, I mean, the people who are about to purchase, like the supply chain team and us have a very tight connection and like our Slack channels, of course, and like have communication about it. But then like one step further on like how we're helping our customers. So, you know, enter Wonderment, of course, not to plug you, but to plug you a little bit, right? Um, Wonderment, like in the post-purchase journey has really like helped us in being able to communicate if there was like a delay. So I have those triggers set up. Like you have your, you know, your order is out for delivery and you all like your basic triggers, but I also have it triggering where if a box was scanned and it hasn't moved in like a whatever amount of time, you know, 24 to 72 hours at that point, we're, we're either pinging the customer or we're pinging customer experience too. So it's like, we're communicating to that customer, but we're also communicating to our team to start like working on it and like getting things to where they need to go. So again, it just like, boils down to that internal and external communication and every touch point that you possibly can put a com communication to your customer about like what it is that's going on with their, the shipping or like even internal logistics. Like I've, I've run into a case where we didn't have something at our where at one warehouse and I had to like move inventory to another warehouse, which caused some delays with the customer and the, some customers orders. And instead of like being secretive about it, I was just like, hey, Mr. Customer, like, I'm so sorry that your order is delayed. I really apologize. Like, things are flying off the shelf. We are moving things around, like, warehouse to warehouse. It doesn't mean that, like, you're not going to get this. You will. But I just wanted to bring you in and let you know what it is. So it's like a bottom line. Like, these are all descriptions of literally communicating. Even if you think it is the worst story to tell your customer, it is better for you to be up front and be ahead of it than to never communicate it at all, because that's what's going to cause the friction in your journeys. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I think it's, it's to your point, you know, being a thousand steps ahead in some ways and having those things in place and like really just framing expectations. I think you've done a great job of that. And I think that transitions, you know, really into let's let's kind of pull up some of these messages and talk about, you know, what this sort of looks like under the hood 
Um, so I've put together this Miro board here for folks who are watching. If you're listening in, we'll, we'll try our best to explain as we go through. But this is the setup that, that Jess and team have put together for Feastable. It's really communicating uh, via email, via SMS, um, different stages of the shipping journey from good news to some of those kind of pro more proactive outreaches that Jess was talking about too. And so I think some things that strike me as I try to scroll through these here is just how on brand these are, how helpful they are. We see some emails, some SMS messages here with fun gifts. Uh, we've got one of Mr. Beast's face popping out of a mailbox. I love that. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, you know, even down to all of these really just linking to this helpful branded tracking page. I think um, the big takeaway I got as I was looking at these is you've done such a fantastic job of making this feel like some of those kind of human qualities to the brand and bringing that voice and um, you know, characters to, to these messages. And so I got to ask, like, why, um, why really invest in, in, in this sort of setup? And, and like, what were you really looking to achieve with setting up a transactional setup like this? Yeah, I mean, here's the jam. My background is, I went to art school. So it's like, I'm already going to think about things and like the most flashiest and like color coordinated and on brand stuff, right? But also, you, like, the way I see it is, like, our brand is not boring. We are not boring. We like to joke. We like we like to make shows with our consumers, make shows with, like, our non-purchasers, right? And, like, we, it's exemplified in every single one of our cha cha uh, channels. So, you know, when we went into building these, like, in email ones, right, that are very, like, stagnant, it's like, yeah, all right, we're going to make it colorful. We're going to have, like, floating money because it's very much, like, on brand for, like, Mr. Beast, right? But... Um, the biggest thing for me and like for even outside of the branding is like, I want to make sure that these emails answer the question before you're emailing me. I want to make sure that you have the information at, at your hand. So um, all of these are actually pulled up for like the almost everything bundle, but I actually have our Clavio flows very specific to the type of product that you're ordering. So if you ordered like the almost everything bundle, like those thing, those boxes, like kind of come in multi multiple shipments. And so we were getting a lot of inquiries about multiple shipments and like, why isn't my whole order here? Let me answer that question for you ahead of time. But then if you were to purchase like one box of chocolate, that's gonna come in one box. So it's like, you're gonna have very different FAQs that I'm surfacing for you because I'm trying to surface the most amount of information to you. So you, it's not that I don't wanna talk to you, like I do wanna talk to you, but then I don't want you to need to talk to me. like unless you really need to. So, you know, from a branding perspective, yeah, it's going to be unfeasible. It's going to be funny. It's going to be weird. I love it. But also I get down to the nitty gritty of the type of product that you're ordering. And then here we also talk about like the, um, we have an update on your order and like I bring them in to what's happening in their post-purchase journey where it says like there seems to be a stall in fulfillment we're keeping an eye on it like i'm letting them know what's happening it is a part of the fulfillment stuff it's not a carrier issue like they're brought into like what's happening in that journey so they're not left wondering um it's just a really like bottom line personalize 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 on top of personalizing that's how you surprise and delight nice. and then if you want to go to the the sms because that's my favorite channel we could talk about this is where we can get weird. <laughs> this is the less stagnant of the channels where it's like, I literally went out and had a graphic designer build like most of these. Like, so the feasty is like leaving, leaving the factory. Right. And then he's got like boxes with like Jimmy's face on it. And then we have like 
weird postman beastie and spongebob like this is where we can like be really fun but in a short and condensed way and give this user like the information that they need to know and then also link to the tracking page or wherever they need to find like more detailed information but again whether you're an sms subscriber an email subscriber you're gonna have whatever information that you need at your fingertips so so much good stuff there. I feel like you just gave a master class. I know I'm so sorry. No, no, that, <laughs> that was amazing information. And I, I really just want to unpack some of that if I can. Like you talked about the personalization and really that's what builds surprise and delight in a lot of ways is being there and being so many steps ahead of the customer. And I, I just want to segue back one second to these FAQs and just show everyone how awesome of a job I think you've done with this is like we, we know from the data we have a wonderment that these emails have a high open rate and that high click-through rate. So we know there's engagement here, but making these valuable is like, I think where the rubber meets the road in a lot of ways. And I love that you've dynamically have these based upon products they purchased. And then even as like shipping stages go, you know, sequentially through like when it's pre-shipment and then as it gets out for delivery, like having those questions there. So if like, hey, like your order hasn't arrived yet, like here's an FAQ that you might be thinking about. Like you're just anticipating those moves. Um, such a fantastic job. Hats off to you for doing that. Um, but I also want to talk about on the SMS side of things too, like you have on all of these texts to start the conversation. And I'm curious if you can just talk about like, what's the purpose for that? And like, what's the, what kind of conversations are you having with customers uh, through something like this? Yeah. So, I mean, I like said, I mentioned this already, but like SMS is our favorite channel. Like SMS hands down is where we are investing in. We are, and I don't mean in like a, a money perspective. I mean, in like we're investing the time to build that channel out because what we found from launching on day one is that our customer base, they want to chat with us. They want to talk to us. Right. So from day one on the bottom of our website, we always said like text fees to 69420 to like sign up in our, on your list. Yes, of course, like we're, we want to build our list. Who doesn't? Marketing. You want to do the jams. But we also want to have this as like a transactional area where it's like we can offer you support. We can give you that randomness view. If you need help, we're the, on the other end of your phone to help you. Also insert why I had to build a bot because we did such a huge call out to 69420 that we've had like, if I told you thousands of tickets, that is a disservice to actually how many tickets we ended up with. Wow. We, at one point, like when we first launched, I think we had like 15,000 in one week. So hence why I had to build a bot. <laughs> so, but my point is though, it's like this, this is a transactional channel. It's like, it's to be there to be informative. It's to be there. So you, it's like, we can give you that support. We can, we can help you with those inquiries, but um, it's also just an avenue where we can literally engage with you. We want, we want to talk to you. We want to talk to you. We want to like be able to, you know, support you, give you a joke, like, but like really retain you, retain you as a customer and build that brand loyalty, but give you access two feastables as if it was your best friend that you're texting i love it and it's like the conversation lives in your pocket and you know throughout that you're just leading with value for them to get in touch if they need to and it's really interesting that you talk about this so i came from an sms company called tone and we mm -hmm. built an entire business around conversational sms and we actually ended up getting acquired by attentive and now that's in the attentive platform long story for another day but basically like what we learned was that 
um, conversations really build that trust and that relationship with the customer and they love yeah. to do it over text. Like there's that yeah. high affinity. And when you create those moments, like you've done, I, I think, you know, you're, you're definitely giving great context to really the why behind you should be making your text channel two way and, and conversational. So I, I absolutely love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's really hard to, this is a little bit of a tangent, but because you told me that you came from SMS, I think it's a little bit hard for a lot of brands to, to like build it as a channel because you think that like, Oh, I have to put it, I have to put that channel with like a human, but you can really do a lot of those transactional things and automate it. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to be in like my tech stack. It, it's really just thinking outside of the box of like, just, Oh, okay. Well you build macros for emails. Why can't you build a macro for, for text? Why can't you build like simple pathways for, you know, Wismo things, right? Like I've inserted wonderment in our text journey of like, oh, if somebody's texting me and they want to know about where's my order, I'm linking them in their texting journey to their tracking page to wonderment so they can go and find that information. Like it's not, it doesn't always have to be so human related, but it's like, it's such an easy touch point that you could really, you could really be your customer's best friend if, you, if it's just well thought out and you add a little bit of automation to it. It's such a good point. I think, you know, clever automation or even just automation that's simple to set up can really make the difference. Um, yeah. And like, you know, just being having those helpful touch points, I think also create a lot of value for the SMS channel because, you know, SMS is a stigma of being promotionally driven only. And I think a lot of folks are looking for other ways to make it more valuable to the customer. Um, and doing this stuff does that keeps them opted in longer when they know I can text Feastables, you know, for questions that I have to get in touch about my order, just to hear the random joke or something that makes them feel connected. It's like, those are all really great examples, I think, of what I call like diversified value on the channel. Yeah, yeah, totally. Let's be, let's be our customer's best friend. Let's love. text our best, text our bestie. <laughs> <laughs> let's be best friends. I love it. And I want to talk now about, so we have all these awesome communications, our email and our SMS. And if I click on any of these, like say I click on this track my order button, I'm taken over to this branded tracking page that we have uh, right here. And so Jess, could you just talk me through like how, what kind of information are you aiming to provide a customer? Like once they click on that link to track their order and get you know more information, like what are some of those things that you really want the customer to see on this tracking page? Yeah. So, I mean, first and foremost, personalize it, right? Like I want this customer to like feel the branded experience with Feastables, but I also want them to see very specific information to their order. I mean, of course, that's basic 101, right? So, so if we dive a little bit deeper into that, it's like, I want them to see what that carrier journey was like, what, like, I don't want them to have to leave to go to FedEx or U, USPS. I want them to get that same information from a branded experience and you can track the entire journey and see when it's going to be delivered, see when, you know, when it was delivered, if you're searching for it. And then, um, on the other side of it, I also want to want you to see what items are in that shipment. So we talked about it in like our emails, right? Like how some of our, our products, some of our bundles ship in multiple shipments. I want you to be able to see, like, be able to track your tracking numbers, your individual tracking numbers, and being and being able to see which one relates to which product. Um, so it just, it really, like, again, is 500 steps in front of that customer answering those questions so they're not coming to us. They're still going to come to us, sure. but at least we can, like, change your customer behavior and say, hey, it's on your tracking page for next time. And then from a revenue perspective, you know, maybe you bought one box from us, but Hey, like, why don't you try milk chocolate? 
why don't you easily add that to your cart? Um, it's, it's, a, it's just an opportunity, a little bit of like to drive repeat purchases. Um, I think that, you know, future, we're going to do some more, we'll get there, but we'll talk about that soon. But I think that your order tracking page is like, and the ability to give that personalized experience from a page, but also to be a little conversion guy and like drive those repeat purchasers. So great. There's a lot that you talked about there that I think really exemplifies like what these tracking pages do. It, it gives all that helpful information. You talk about split shipments too, like having that one-stop shop. So if they do have multiple orders, I know on this example, we have uh, some Wonderman preview items here, but you know, if you could imagine, you know, multiple shipments here, being able to see that, see the journey in real time. Um, and then knowing that, you know, folks might check this multiple times, like before the package hits the door and they're able to see, hey, maybe I, I want to add quinoa crunch next time uh, I'm shopping, or maybe I'll get it right now while I'm waiting. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, that much excitement. There's just a lot of really awesome stuff up at these tracking pages. Yeah. Um, well, here. what's really interesting is that our tracking page actually drives like, I wouldn't say like, you know, crazy numbers, but a good amount of revenue because people are able to add to their cart so easily. And it's from this page. And it's also from our wonderment flows, both email and SMS. So obviously it's working in a revenue perspective too. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, that is definitely very profitable revenue too, being mm -hmm. that, you know, coming back, you're really not paying a whole lot to get them like fractions of a penny in most cases to get them back to that tracking page. And, you know, they're already making that purchase. So a lot of great benefits. Um, I could talk to you for days about that, I'm sure. But as we kind of move on to our last kind of topic is really around shipment delays. You kind of touched on it earlier um, and sort of like some of the challenges that you're seeing, but um, would love to just understand kind of how you used Wonderment to tackle shipping delays and, and really how you approach communicating like a potential delay. Like what does that look like for you and what kind of things are you doing there? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I did touch on this like earlier. It's, it's a little bit of like internal communication, of course, and like having, like being in the know with like what's happening in, with supply chain. Um, so I automate that experience like by having a trigger of like a carrier delay. So it's like, I'm informing the customer. I'm also informing our team to like further look into it. Um, and then, you know, from a reporting like perspective, like I'm able to just kind of like track the trends. I, I mean, this is what I do, like, on a weekly basis, I'm constantly tracking the trends of like, how long it takes for it to get leave, leave the warehouse, get to get to that person's door, what are the trends there, what's really going on. And um, so, you know, taking those analytics, reporting that back internally, but then, and then communicating to our customers, like, personalized, <laughs> taking them on that journey, taking them on that journey and not lying to them. I think that's the thing that I hate. It's like, I hate when you go and like you purchase something and like, I'm a big D to C person. Like, I don't really like going to a store. I'm going to be honest with you. I like shopping online, but tell me if my order is delayed, tell me where my order is because I'm constantly looking at that tracking page. So, or I'm looking for at my email. So that's the way I like kind of envision this, this entire journey is like, if there's a delay, communicate that with your customer in whatever, whatever fashion, it doesn't necessarily have to be this branded pretty page, you can right. simplify it and like just set up the trigger. That's fine too. But tell them that like it's it's delayed tell them that there's something going on and what portion of the journey that it's going on and that you're working on it such a powerful way to think about it like i always think about it i tell folks like think about the experience that you would want to have and if you had a package you were waiting for and it was delayed and, and no one told you anything about it and you're just getting frustrated you know and then when you have to reach out if it's hard to reach out on top of that like 
the mindset that you're going to come in talking to somebody is going to be totally different than if throughout that there was proactive communication and yeah. you made it really easy and helpful uh, along the way. I mean, I think like, you know, we, we have empathy when we're given, you know, some of that kind of reciprocal uh, empathy back, I think too. So yeah. a lot of really important stuff there. Well, here's also an example of like exactly what's happening with me right now. So I ordered a perishable good that like has to be frozen, right? And it usually overnights and I've never had an issue with it. I always get my like my order confirmation page and my, a page that tells me um, from a particular brand that tells me like, hey, it's out, like it's being shipped. But I can always have to do some digging to find my FedEx tracking number every single time. And then I got a notification through FedEx alerts on my phone that said like, oh, your, your shipment is delayed four days. So then I'm, but I didn't get that communication from the company I ordered from. So then I reached out to my, the company to be like, Hey, I just got this notification, but I haven't seen it in like my portal or anywhere. Like, what do I do? And then nobody's responded to me yet. So I'm like, I'm sharing this example because as a leader in this space and like what I've built is the opposite of that experience <laughs> and everybody should have the goal of that opposite experience well, i i i could only imagine the trigger trigger alerts going off as a cx leader what that what that looks like and folks if you're listening don't do what Jess is painted there definitely do what we talked about earlier yes. uh, be proactive there yeah for sure for sure well, before we before we wrap up, Justice, on on like the overall transactional setup, I think you've talked a lot today about like the results you're seeing, you know, from like kind of that more like kind of qualitative standpoint. But are there any results that you have kind of seen or themes you've seen from implementing this? Like, have there's has there been a reduction in tickets, overall improvement in CSAT? Like, what what are some of those things that you kind of seen as a result? Yeah, I mean. I unfortunately can't like share the the direct like numbers, but I can tell you that um, by being proactive in like the post purchase journey and like all and utilizing this as a tool, but also like in FAQs and like putting it into like all these different um, touch points has really helped us like reduce definitely our CX tickets, the amount of inquiries they were like we've had. Um, and it's definitely helped us like in our improvement of like a CSAT and like just overall like MPS satisfaction. Um, I've gotten reports back from our customers, like through like MPS reviews and like in CSAT reviews that have just said like, oh, you know, um, I was able to like easily find my information or like I was informed of like what was happening in the journey. So like that's a, a, a reward to me. Um, but the one portion of that that I actually wanted to share is like, you know, we're dealing with like such a huge audience and a, such a huge amount of tickets that it's like every avenue that I can think of to automate and get those tickets, that low hanging fruit out of my team's like viewpoint so they can concentrate on like the engagement side of things, I'm going to do. And Wonderman has like, I, I, I don't want to just say it's like just a plug, but like, you know, wonderment for the post-purchase journey, but like also like just automations in general of like automating this entire like Wismo experience has really helped us reduce those tickets, but also keep my headcount low. And it's not that I like don't, you know, sometimes you got to employ a lot of people and like, I totally get that, but it's like, I want to reduce the amount of tickets so I can keep my team, my headcount low and that engagement and the actual relationship building with our customers very high. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we have high MPS scores, we have high CSAT scores, like we're always averaging about a 97% um, CSAT. We're always averaging anywhere from like a 55 to like a 65 MPS. Like that is like, that's amazing. Like when you review, when you're reviewing what a customer's journey is and like all the touch points that we're doing, like 
we're those numbers are are so sacred to us but also like um the the other side of it though is like out of those two is like we're also measuring our customer effort score we're always consistently have a customer effort score of anywhere from like six to seven which is very high high remarks so it's like i'm creating like an effortless journey for our customers by utilizing like these automations and getting rid of these low hanging fruits and put in putting like the most information in front of our customers as possible so they don't they don't necessarily need us we're there but we're there to be their bestie now they're like solve a ton of problems you know <laughs> totally wow well that makes me so happy to hear all of that and i i really think it um it, it just exemplifies i think the whole kind of conversation today which is just you know creating opportunities to use automation to our advantage to make those moments great and then like really letting you focus on you know yeah being the customer's bestie creating those relationships and having just a really great kind of grasp on the whole experience so um, what's, uh, what's next for Feastables in the transactional channel? I know you got a lot of stuff cooking. So, I mean, what's, uh, what's kind of next? Yeah. So, I mean, really it's going to be in like the SMS experience. It's like, we have, we have a version one, but I'm about to tear it down and rebuild it. And like, um, yeah, I wouldn't say rebuild it, but like really just put, like build out more pathways, build out like more answering, like what, what people have found that was unhelpful and like answering those helpful questions and like getting ahead of it. Right. Um, so really like investing a lot into like that transactional SMS is like huge, huge for me. Like I want to be able to like engage, give people the, the amount of information that they need, like as quickly as possible. And then also, you know, I'm ready to take some of these like transactional emails and SMS, um, and improve on it. Um, not just like from a branding perspective, but also like how can we convert some of these transactional people into subscribers? Mm -hmm. Like what, like, well, how can we make them a little bit more, even not even just like subscribers, like um, how can we make them a little bit more informative? How can we make them like lead them? To, like, did you know about our game? Did you know about like, you can find us in retail and like, like just more informative, you know? Um, so it's, it is a little of like personalization, but it's just, the next the next step up absolutely yeah it's just climbing that next rung on the ladder and i think you know, you've already got an amazing setup here and i can't wait to, to see you know what comes next i I'll definitely have to have you back on the show and talk about uh all of those awesome updates but it's really really exciting jess um where can our audience go to purchase some feastables for themselves i i think i'm gonna have to do it after this episode but where uh where can they go well of course feastables.com but we also just launched in walmart so you can find our bars and our newest product, um, cookies in Walmart. And little shameless plug, but if you text your receipt to 69420 from Walmart, your Walmart receipt from to 69420, um, we are currently doing a $10,000 giveaway. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> I haven't taken advantage of that. Definitely. Shameless plug, because I built that experience. <laughs> I love it. Way, way, way above you. Uh, way, actually, you know, just really cool use case, I think, too, of just, uh, you know, surprising the light yet again, I think, on, on a channel like SMS. So, Jess, this has been really, really insightful. Thank you so much for sharing so much information and being so open with just kind of all of the, the stuff under the hood at Feastables. We'll definitely, yeah, have to have you on again the show very soon. Thanks. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Folks, wow, that was a masterclass in customer experience by Jess. I certainly learned a lot, and I hope you did as well. Just wanted to quickly recap my top few takeaways. Number one, be 1,000 steps ahead of your customer. Always have helpful information displayed. Think how you can make your communications just that much more valuable to the customer and have all that automation in place. 
The best example I think of this was having those FAQs placed on her transactional emails and having them dynamically uh, displayed based on products that they purchased. Such a great example of how to be helpful um, and really think about those next questions the customer might have. Number two, CX is a lot like entertainment. Uh, you know, keeping customers coming back is also a lot around keeping it fun and engaging when you shop with the brand. She talked a little bit about telling jokes in the chat bot, you know, using brand voice and just making it feel like there was a deeper connection when they were chatting in with Feastable. I love that. Number three, personalization is the key to surprise and delight. Using dynamic uh, logic and your emails and your SMSs, even in some of those experiences when they're chatting in, all can make a big difference. Number four, she talked a lot about how Wonderment is helping Feastables to tackle shipping and logistics. You know, reducing Wismo tickets, helping to keep her headcount low on the CS front, and also really letting automation tackle the low-hanging fruit uh, tickets to let her team focus on more of the conversations and building relationships. Also, using some of those communications and the transactional updates to really provide all the helpful info. And then using the tracking page, not only for helpful information, but making some of those cross-sells and driving revenue. I thought that was a really great uh, kind of example of how it can tackle both for Feastables. Number five, they're exceptionally bullish on transactional SMS, as am I. Um, and they're also using the channel to really build relationships and have that be the hub of how they communicate with customers. They use that email real estate to call out, to text in to that SMS channel, which I thought was really, really great. And then lastly, talked a little bit about how those metrics on the CX front are improving as a result. 97% CSAT, CSAT, 55 to 65 NPS, customer effort score of six to seven. These are amazing metrics and I think really speak to how when you think about customer experience through the lens that Jess has built, it can really help you to improve those metrics. So there you have it folks, six major takeaways. It's clear to see the transactional channel is a big piece of customer experience for Feastables and how they've been able to really build such an impressive customer experience motion. Thanks so much for streaming this episode of Thank You Come Again. Really appreciate it. If you want more information or more episodes, visit us at wonderment.com for more. We'll see you all really soon.